What's going on, Chit Chatters? Welcome back to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. In this episode, we're talking body, mind, and yoga. I've got a special guest on the show today, Chuck Raffoni. He's an experienced yoga teacher, health, wellness, and spirituality coach, as well as a Reiki master, Thai body worker, and certified fitness specialist. He teaches internationally through workshops, training, and retreats, as well as locally in the New England where he resides. He offers online instructions and is well directly with clients through his on-demand library on Patreon. His goal is to use the foundations of yoga philosophy to help people live their lives to the fullest. I'm so excited to have Chuck on the show and can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Bring your pen and paper and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Are you struggling to find your purpose in life? Do you feel like something is missing and you need some guidance? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to feel that way anymore. I'm here to help you through your journey in life to gain clarity, find purpose, and passion. My name is Jose Miguel Longo. I'm a gay Hispanic, a husband, dog daddy, advocate for social justice, and DEI ally for all LGBTQ+, a career and life coach and millennial born in 1983. I have spent my time since the age of 14 working my way around the world of work. I know my God-given talents are to help those around me to gain clarity in their lives while finding their passion and purpose. For the last decade, I've spent my time coaching college students and alums from all three generations, X, Y, and Z, and designing their career stories and mapping what they want to do in their lives. Whether it's gaining clarity in who you are and what you're meant to do, learning to build a resume or write a cover letter, holding you accountable and building your career journey, or designing your life, the podcast Coaching for Millennials is a how-to guide for all things career, life, and a sprinkle of everything in between. It is an all-inclusive space for meaningful conversations on topics happening in our world right now. It is a space for people to go on a holistic journey in uncovering their passion and purpose. I'm here for all generations, no matter what you identify as. If you're seeking to transition from a career industry or job to another, or ready to transform your life completely, I got you, boo. Whatever the fantasy you're trying to create, let me make it happen. If you're ready to start the journey to explore your passion and purpose, get focused on gaining clarity to transform you to a place that will fuel you, inspire you, and sprinkle some joy and laughter in between, it's time to dive into Coaching for Millennials. Well, welcome to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. Today, we have an awesome guest who is going to talk to us about yoga and really share information to anyone who is a beginner or someone who have maybe have never experienced yoga before and learn about what yoga does to your body, your soul, and your mind, and how it can help you heal from multiple, multiple, multiple things. I'm excited to welcome Chuck. Chuck, Tell us everything that you do, who you are, where you're from, so the listeners can find out what where they can connect with you. Sure. Uh, so my name is uh, Chuck Raffoni, and I am based in northern Massachusetts, southern New Hampshire. But I do teach online and offer uh, retreats internationally. Um, I started out um, as a yoga teacher, but I've since expanded to uh, be a Reiki healer. I also do health and wellness coaching. And uh, when you're kind of in business for yourself, sometimes you have to wear a a lot of different hats, but that's primarily uh, what my focus is. 
And uh, people can find me on social media. Uh, my handle is Yoga with Chuck. That's both on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is yogawithchuck.com. And from there, you can link to my online video library, which is hosted on Patreon. Awesome. Thanks for that introduction. I will be sure to include that in our show notes so that the listeners can find you and connect with you. So as I am a bigoter myself, I've been told by many, many people that I should try yoga based on my lifestyle and all the things. And I've been wanting to do an episode with someone who's a yoga instructor specifically because I know that a lot of people have asked me before, would you ever consider certain folks to come on the, on the show? And I'm so glad that we were able to connect and you shared with me what you do. And I was like, you know what? Perfect. Here's a great person who can connect with me and share with the listeners a little bit more about your practice and all those things. So can you uncover perhaps some of the, or demystify some of the stereotypes or the things that people think about with yoga? I know for me personally, it comes from you know, having to stretch a certain way, or you have to be a certain type of person to do yoga, or you have to be, um, look a certain way physically to do yoga. Talk about those things that might help people change their perception. Sure. Um, that makes me kind of sad to hear that because I understand why people might feel that way. Um, there, you can look at it in a number of different ways. First, like the body type. Like, so regardless of your gender or how you identify, um, you might look in magazines or TV commercials. And the majority of times what you see are these super bendy, flexible women and Lululemon. And, you know, they're, you know, they're yogis for sure. They're welcome on the mat. They're a big part of our community, but that's not all that you see when you actually come to a yoga class. It's people of every body type, every age, um, and I think you're attracted to certain teachers. Um, but for me, when I work with different studios, they always kind of will pull me aside and be like, you realize your classes do look different from other people's classes. And I think that's because I always try to make people feel welcome and successful in the classes. And I'm really focused on the language that I use um, so that people understand that they're there to celebrate their body's capabilities when they're on the mat and not focus on their limitations. Um, from men, oftentimes when you see men represented in yoga, they're the butt of the joke. Um, there's so many rom-coms where the guy will go to impress the girl and, you know, it basically, he looks like a fool in the class, but it endears her to, you know, him to her. And so that type of representation in the media, I can really understand how people would be apprehensive about, uh, trying yoga for the first time. And then when you get to social media, uh, oftentimes, you know, I think it might inspire some people, but I think oftentimes it does intimidate people in that you see a lot of like almost gymnastics and, you know, for some of my colleagues, like you would think that their entire yoga practice is like balancing, you know, on one hand on a cliff and like a bathing suit. <laughs> um, so that can be either inspiring to people or it can be really intimidating. Like that's not for me. I'm not going to be quote unquote, good at this. Um, so that I think is one of the stumbling blocks. And then the other big misconception that people have about yoga that I have found is that they limit the focus of what it is to that exercise, quote unquote, stretching class that you see on the mat. In reality, yoga is a toolbox for your entire life. Um, 
in terms of the language we use, we call it the eight limbs of yoga. And they include uh, codes of conduct uh, called the yamas and niyamas, about how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. There is the yoga practice, which is called the asana practice. But in reality, that's a really small part of what having a yoga practice is. There's also uh, pranayama, which is the breath work. And then there's actually different levels of meditation. So a lot of times, whether it's yoga or meditation, people don't see the full scope of it, the different avenues to explore it. And um, I think sometimes it can be limiting. I have a lot of times too, where like a doctor will recommend to a patient, you should go to yoga. But sometimes the medical community doesn't understand the scope of yoga. And oftentimes, say an elderly person who needs more restorative or gentle yoga will end up going to like a hot yoga class. And that's just not the fit for them in that moment. Or someone who's more young and athletic and is looking to be challenged, is looking to sweat, might show up to a class where you're just laying on pillows and wiggling your fingers for an hour. And they're like, oh, this yoga is boring. This is not for me. And then in terms of meditation, there's so many different levels and approaches that people might try at once. Think this, you know, one, one size fits all meditation is that's all it is. And I'm not successful at it. So I'm just going to move on from it. So those are some of the biggest stumbling blocks and misconceptions that I found. I love that you shared all those different points because I think it's important for people to understand the misconceptions, which can be deterring from someone wanting to get part of this experience. But I also love that you said that it's all about celebrating people's bodies and their capabilities, which is what I think most people see in yoga. I also like that you mentioned the meditation piece that comes along with it. I think that's why most people who I know are into yoga. I actually don't practice meditation as much as I'd like to just because I don't always get the time. But I know that when I do have the space to do it, it's one of the things that I find most rewarding rewarding to get me more balanced. Um, And so now I understand the connection between the two. Could you go into a little bit deeper and break down all the different elements of what people can perhaps search for when they may be interested in looking at yoga and where they can find and learn what's best for them and their body or what they're looking to get into? Sure. Um, I think that you should, if you if you don't have injuries and you have the capabilities to try a full range of yoga, I recommend trying different styles, different classes, different teachers, because at the end of the uh, traditional yoga practice, there is a posture called Shavasana, which is the, called the corpse pose. And so people might think, well, that's pretty morbid. Like, why is there a pose called the corpse pose? Because it signifies the death of the practice. And oftentimes when people hear death, they think of someone's final passage. But in reality, we go through a lot of little deaths in our lives. And oftentimes they can actually be really positive. Like, letting go uh, rigid ways of thinking, moving on from a career or a job that's like not nourishing to our soul or relationships. And so when you can look at little deaths as something positive, as an opportunity to move on and let go and bring in space for something new, um, that's what the yoga practice actually is. And so you pick a certain style, a certain teacher, and you show up on the mat and they present certain stress wars to you. Not, not something to stress you out, but just something for you to like feel like a contrast to just like kind of numbly going through your life. And so for someone coming to a class that's really slow and gentle and quiet, that could be a huge stress sore for them. 
um, or a really vigorous physical class might be a stressor for them. And so I like to use the analogy of like, it's you taking your car into the, the mechanic, plugging it into that diagnostics machine. You go through the, the practice with the teacher, with the style, and you use it as an opportunity to assess where you are in that moment in time in your physical body and your mind. And then also I say your spirit. And what I kind of look at that as is like your soul's journey, like your storyline, um, the thing that's the things that you help people with, you know, with your coaching. And then at the end of the class, you take this time to reflect. And there you might say, you know what, I'm ready to let this go. I'm, I'm ready to let go thinking that I'm weak or that I'm not resilient or that I'm not focused. I'm going to leave that behind on the mat. And so um, that's, that's a perspective that I think a lot of people might not get about actually showing up to come onto your class. So I say try different teachers, different styles, and see which ones help give you the, the deepest reflect, self-reflection for yourself. I love that. That's really fascinating to me. I didn't realize how deep it goes beyond just your body, but how much more focus there can be in using your body as a way to connect with your soul and your, and your mind to find the things that have been causing you stresses. And I think, can you tell me how it's spelled? You said the Gorham pose? Um, Shavasana? So the death one, is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So how is that spelled? Um, S-A-V-A-S-A-N-A. -A -A. You're testing my Sanskrit right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. I Don't just wanted to, to be... Sanskrit. <laughs> so every, actually, every yoga pose, pose ends with asana. And that's why it's actually called the... It's, or it's reflective of it being the asana practice, that part of yoga is asana and every posture in sanskrit ends with asana so shavasana is the the corpse pose the standing mountain pose is tadasana and then it just goes on and on wow okay definitely i'm learning so much right now <laughs> so yeah it's and so one thing like that, that you kind of that kind of got me thinking was um about you know you saying hey uh, how you use your body to kind of understand a little bit deeper. So one of the things is that every yoga posture um, in a, in a non-restorative class, not one where you're letting go of your muscles, but ones where you're active, you're looking for a balance of effort and ease in your body. Um, and they're, they're all structured in that way. And so in that moment, of like, let's say you're in like a, like a warrior two pose, right? Like a lot of times people have their shoulders shrugging and they're super tense. So like your ease would be here, your effort would be in your lower body. And so the metaphor for that is you start to learn like where you're gripping, where you're holding. And at first you kind of take that off the mat into just like kind of how you walk through life. But then the deeper you get into your yoga practice, then you start to think like, wait, am I gripping? Am I holding? Am I not bringing ease maybe into that relationship, into that way of thinking? Um, and it can, it really ripples out. And so I always recommend for people like one yoga class is not going to start to help connect you on a deeper level. Like give a commitment. Oftentimes a yoga studio will have like a 30 day um, trial period, like a, or a deeper discount for like 30 or 45 days give it a try, go two or three times a week, try different teachers. And then that's when you'll start to make the connection because your first or second class, 
there's just a lot of anticipation, potential anxiety. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You've got to get to that place where you can kind of just like drop into the class and actually experience it. So give yourself <clears throat> at least 30 days to experience it and connect with your body and connect with the practice so that you can get a better sense of where you're balancing yourself, what's most important to your body and really listening to your body as to it, as it tells you what it means. Yeah. And also your mind, like, where are you judging yourself? Where are you feeling free and liberated? Where, where's your mind wandering to? Um, it, it takes some time, but, uh, uh, and when you actually commit to it, um, what we find or what I found as a teacher is that that's when the deep work starts to happen when you start doing some like, you know, self-reflection. And there are definitely people who you can tell they're coming to those breakthroughs and they retreat and they disappear. Um, and then there's other people that come through and they start making big, significant changes in their life. And sometimes they could be little deaths. Like, you know, you do hear a lot of times of marriages, like kind of like, ending like especially with like people that go through like a yoga teacher training like once you really start to do some deep work on yourself you kind of understand what's working for you and what's not working for you and uh, who is in alignment with you and who is not so it can be really really profound my life wouldn't be the same without it I love this analogy of the little deaths because I feel like <clears throat> the deeper we talk about this coaching this is a level of coaching right that you're providing to people it's healing them from the inside out and this reflection period that someone's embarking on with their body and connecting it to experiences that are causing them stressors is something that they may have never even known that they can do. And when mm -hmm. someone has, oftentimes when I'm talking with my clients, they're coming from a space of things that caused them, they were going through a period of a tough time, or they're going through stresses now in life of changing maybe their career or their life is falling apart. But going through this journey of understanding that and uncovering it from the inside out is probably so much more rewarding in a way that you're now able to connect the dots differently. Mm -hmm. And our body at least from my perspective, really can hold on to trauma. It can hold on to tension in ways that we don't really understand how it can be manifesting. So in correlation to the yoga practice is um, what we call like the chakra system. And so the chakra system, you know, you might see some, you know, bumper stickers and think, oh, this is kind of like way out there, kind of hippie stuff. But in reality, the chakra system actually lines up perfectly with the endocrine system. And so there is a um, traditional medical correspondence to the chakra system. And basically what that is, is seven areas of the body that work together in unison, but each of those areas of the body are connected to certain, certain emotional and life experiences. And if those get out of alignment, it's like water wheels that aren't functioning properly. Um, you can start to feel dis-ease in your life or disease as some people may pronounce that. And so yoga can help you bring those chakras into alignment. And it is not uncommon for people to have unbelievable like tremors and shaking and quaking and bursting into tears without really even understanding what they're physically releasing. Um, there's certain poses that when you do take a teacher training, um, teacher training, like say, for example, one pose called pigeon, um, which is a deep opening through the hips. 
And in that area, we might hold some uh, trauma or tension regarding uh, feeling safe and grounded. Um, people will cry in pigeon very, very often if they give them, if they feel safe in the space and they allow themselves that ability to like let that release go. So really the postures do physically release things that we're holding and storing in our body that we might not even be aware of. So let's jump into the benefits that people oftentimes overlook on what yoga can do for you. Okay. Um, well, I think oftentimes people see in the media um, one part of yoga, which might be deeply meditative or relaxing. Um, you can choose styles of yoga that will give you a kick-ass workout. You will get toned, you will burn fat, especially, you know, you know, whether or not you see it as a good thing or a bad thing, yoga has evolved as it's been brought to the West. And so many of us, myself included, have honored the tradition for sure, but also weaved in more modern fitness and mobility and stability training and cardio and HIIT um, to make the classes efficient and still honor the tradition of yoga, but in a more modern way, also utilizing the knowledge that we have gained about anatomy and our bodies since this tradition was started thousands of years ago. Um, so that's one of, one of the things. about going deeper into the meditation piece? What is the biggest benefit? What are some of the benefits that come from doing yoga that meditation is connected to? So meditation, um, kind of going back to what you said, I'm not going to call you up, but you said you would love to meditate more, but you don't have the time. Um, you can have an efficient meditative practice with five minutes. Um, so Surely you can find five minutes in your day. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of it is that people think that they've got to really dedicate like 30 minutes to an hour to it. But really meditation can be, I'm in the shower and I'm going to just tune into this, the, the water dripping on my body. Or maybe after you lather yourself up, like just watching that soap kind of like wash off your body and just being really present. It can be driving in your car and feeling the leather of the steering wheel in your hair in your hand, and maybe like a little bit of the sun beating on your face from your driver's side window. Um, it can also just be five minutes of just focusing on I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, or listening for some. For me, um, I live um, far enough away from a highway that the sound of the highway is just like faintly in the distance. But if I really draw my attention to it, I can start to hear like, that's a truck, that's a motorcycle, that's a car. And for me, that's where I go with my meditation or at least to begin my meditation. Um, so the benefits of it are, it has physical ramifications in the body. It lowers your blood pressure. Um, neurologically, there, is a, there are so many studies about the benefits of it uh, for you neurologically. Um, I also like to approach it in kind of a, you know, a spiritual sense as well. And for me, I get a lot of clarity. I also, um, not to be too way out there, but I do kind of believe in uh, guardians and kind of spirit messaging. And I definitely get guidance when I'm able to clear my mind, and allow those like that, that intuition to come through for me and also just in through some of like my life's biggest challenges like some maybe some unresolved issues um or 
closure that I didn't receive. Um, there have been moments where I can get into a deep meditative state and then something will come back to me, some conversation or some instance. And I'm like, oh, wow, now I can put the pieces all together. And I think it's because I've allowed myself to slow down to allow the pieces of that puzzle to come together for me. Wow. And, and, uh, and just also like for me, um, uh, uh, my coming out process, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't even realize it, but I did another podcast interview and I realized in this interview, talking it through that I actually came out as a result of yoga because I remember laying in Shavasana and having the time and the clarity and the space in that meditative state to be like, what am I so afraid of? Why am I, why am I afraid to like explore what I want? And so that gave me the space to let go of the fears, to really think it through, to not just be on such a like, you know, running, like running from like who I was and my authenticity, but it gave me that, you know, that chance to actually have to kind of really sit with it. And it's that euphemism of like, no matter where you go, there you are. Um, and when you're just laying there on the floor, maybe you're exhausted after a physical yoga practice, you have nowhere to run. You're just, you're, you're with yourself and then you can think things through. That's so powerful. What, what are some other things that you can share that people might encounter or maybe people that you meet that are newbies that come to yoga as to what someone might expect in a first time class? Um, again, it really depends on the style that you take and the, uh, the teacher. Um, if you're gonna, I would say, you know, go to a website, um, and read the descriptions of the classes and see what resonates with you. And then in terms of what you generally need to do to show up, I mean, in the world we're living in now with COVID, um, it's not quite where it was before, where it was like, you can just show up in the studio, we'll have everything that you need for you because some studios, depending on you know how they're viewing it, they may have you rent like some props or some tools that help you. But generally you wanna show up with the yoga mat, um, number one. some teachers may use uh, blocks or bricks. Um, they're just kind of like our tools. They're not crutches. And I think for newbies, um, they think of it as like a crutch. When if you actually go to like a very experienced yoga retreat or teacher workshop, we're all using the blocks and the bricks because we understand what a valuable tool they are. Um, it's sometimes nice to bring a blanket um and traditionally it's done barefoot so um you know if uh just having your like toes look pretty <laughs> as important to you then uh you might re realize that like when you get there they might encourage you to take your shoes off and uh it's good to stay hydrated have a have a bottle of water but generally just like show up and be yourself and it's just kind of like moving your body challenging it letting it relax and um again it, for me i usually say for most of my classes, as long as you don't have an injury and something that your doctor is telling you not to, or a health condition that a doctor is saying, don't go to yoga. And you have the ability to like sit on the floor, lay on the floor and get yourself up from the floor to standing on your own. Then more often than not, I consider you like able-bodied and ready to go to, you know, nearly all yoga classes, asana classes. That's, those are good tips to know. Um, and where would you recommend, I know that for your site, you have a lot of information already available for people who might be following you. But if someone's never, ever even looked up the word yoga in Google, what are some sites or places that you might recommend for people to, who are open to wanting to start? 
Um, I mean, you can definitely just YouTube and see who resonates with you. I actually, um, I do have a paid, well, it's donation-based online video library um, that has over 150 videos on it. But I do keep a uh, one-hour what to expect in your first yoga class video. Um, it's on YouTube and uh, you can actually access it through the Patreon. Uh, it's unlocked. Um, there's a little bit of talking in the beginning, like maybe 20 minutes where it may be a little bit more of like a reaffirmation of what we talked about here, but you will get a gentle practice out of it as well. We start to move our body. And um, to me, I think that it's pretty comprehensive and really will have you prepared for your first yoga class, whether it's uh, online or uh, coming to a studio or even a retreat. Um, so maybe we can share that link uh, below for people so that they can check that out. And that would be great to be able to share that with people. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely add it to the show notes for people to check out. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. I know that I was taking notes frivolously as we were chatting. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to get so much out of this. So this was super valuable for me also, as I'm kind of trying to explore what yoga looks like and what that will look like for me in the future. But I think for people who might be intimidated or have some, you know, um, coming from a place of not being open to it, but what they can expect from it. So this was really helpful. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Awesome. I, know, I, know we, I know we live a little bit far away, but hopefully I'll see you in one of my classes or at a retreat sometime. Yeah, I would love to do a retreat. Those sound like a lot of fun. They're amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Chuck. Hey, Chit Chatter. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to share it with the world. We welcome everyone for listening. And if you'd like, please go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those reviews mean everything to me and they help the show grow, as well as for me to know what topics you want to hear from next. Be sure to go visit to coachingwithjoseamiguel.com or Coaching for Millennials for more up-to-date content, newsletters, blogs, information about coaching for life and career. Thank you so much for being a part of our magical world and for being part of this program. I can't wait to the next episode.